Welcome back to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I am your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom, Maureen Hoff. As some of you may be aware, Betsy Miller and I are editors on an upcoming Clubfoot book called Clubfoot Connections, which is a collection of stories from members of the Clubfoot community. I thought it would be fun to have Betsy come on for an episode just to talk about the anthology, where the idea came from, and how we went about making it a reality. So I want to welcome Betsy Miller back to the podcast. She's already been on once before, which is actually how we started our whole relationship and partnership moving forward. So welcome to the podcast, Betsy. Thanks for being back. Thanks for having me. So I wanted, I figured we'd just start this off by me kind of chatting a little bit about how I had even first heard about the anthology and, um, and then let you jump in and actually fill in all the pieces. Cause I don't know all of the, all of the info, except for when I came up. So from the background, from my perspective is while I was writing Clubfoot Chronicles. So not before it was edited, but like, right when I was writing, it must've been, uh, early 2019, I follow Clubfoot cares on social media And I had seen a post that said something about like, we're asking for submissions of stories for a potential anthology. And so I remember reading that and thinking, oh, that's really interesting. But I was like in the midst of kind of my own long winded, not short story book. And then I remember seeing the post, I think I even saved it. And then, but I never really heard anything else after that. So I was like, I wonder kind of what happened with the whole thing. And then after my book came out um, and I had Betsy on the podcast, we kind of stayed in touch on other just clubfoot related things. And um, because she was in the midst of making the clubfoot journal for parents. And so we were, um, she talked to me about that. So we were kind of, that's how we kind of continued our relationship on all things clubfoot. And I'm not really sure where the idea came from for the anthology and how we kind of found that partnership, but it would just ended up kind of being this intrinsic thing where we were like, I think she put something out there like in an email and I was like, oh my God, I love the idea for an anthology because I've always been very acutely aware that so much of what I talk about is just so about me. And sometimes you guys, frankly, I get really tired of talking about myself because But on the same vein, I don't like to make inferences about other people's experiences. So I really drive from my own personal story, but there's so many stories out there in the Clubfoot community. So I was like, when she said the word anthology and how we did it, then we kind of, that just kind of sparked it. And I don't, it's just almost surreal that it's become like such a reality at this point. So Anyways, that's kind of my background about it. So I want to ask Betsy, how did you even come up with the idea for the anthology? Because that was prior to me even being around. So, yeah, I would say that um, with Clubfoot Cares, I um, did some volunteering with them. I um, mm. I wrote the content for their um, brochure, that little okay. brochure they have that's informational, yeah, yeah. and um, and got that set up for them when they were kind of getting started and. We talked about different resources and, you know, I brainstormed a few and the anthology idea was one that uh, got a lot of positive response there, you know, like Nicole really liked it and a couple other people. And so we kind of thought we'd test the waters and put out a submission call and Mm -hmm. see who replied. And we did get some interest, Yeah. but it was kind of around the time 
ahead of the pandemic. And so we had a few pieces, but not really enough. And we thought, well, maybe we should do some writing events where we could just invite people to kind of have a virtual write-in. And, mm. you know, if people wanted to do something that would lead to a, a piece that they wanted to share with others, that would be fine. But they could also just kind of journal and it wouldn't have to be where you share your work, which can be super stressful, depending yeah. on who you are and mm-hmm. how far along it is. Um, mm-hmm. But all of that kind of coincided with the pandemic and we weren't able to really get anywhere. So I put that on hold and uh, decided to do the journal project instead. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, the um, I don't remember how I brought it up with you either, but maybe because what you do reminded me of the anthology where you talk to people and you have different experiences. Mm-hmm. And I did still have in my mind that um, I wanted to do it. So I was really glad that we were able to team up. And I think your podcast is great. And also you have all that experience talking to other people. So we kind of like divvied up the roles. For those of you who don't know, I did more of the writing and editorial side. Mm-hmm. And Maureen was great with outreach, you know, just kind of yeah. uh, talking to people and and inviting some people. And of course, we did an open call too, where anybody could, mm-hmm. could submit stories. And right. we were really pleased with what we got. Um, so yeah. it's a nice assortment. Um, and I'm super happy with, with how it turned out. And uh, our wonderful Clubfoot authors who who wrote these very heartfelt pieces about their personal experiences. Mm-hmm. I know it turned out to be uh, better than I ever even anticipated. You never know when you do. I mean, for me, I've never done anything like this, but I can imagine when you put out an open call like that, you just never know like what type of response you're going to get from people. And I remember doing kind of a, when we were talking about it. I did kind of an initial just almost story, a poll on my Instagram, like who would be willing to share their stories before we kind of even committed to, is this something that we can do? And I had so many people respond and say like, yes. And so I ended up just reaching out to each of those people individually, like I had kept their information and was like, you said you'd be willing to. So, um, And it was just kind of that gentle piece of like, hey, it's really important to share your story if you're willing to, like, we want to hear it. And there was a lot of people who, I don't know, I think majority of them haven't ever published anything on a, you know, in any of this type of capacity, which I think is. Mostly first time um, authors. And uh, I think that makes it really special. In fact, one person I remember was so excited he wasn't even sure. He's like, did, did my piece get accepted? And, and we're like, yes, it did. And he was yeah. so happy. It was like this big, joyful moment. Yeah. Um, and I think um, being in writing and publishing for a long time, mm-hmm. it's a business, but it's also many times people's self-expression or something that's dear to their heart. And you can't publish everything in the world. Um, yeah. But it's nice when you can publish those things that are meaningful in that way. And, mm-hmm. and, so this, I think, became a very special project because it wasn't um, somebody who had a lot of experience out there and is their 57th yeah. thing, which of course matters, but not yeah. in the same way as when you get your first chance to kind of share mm-hmm. something that, that you care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just love the authenticity of so many of the pieces. They were just... Um, and honestly, that's why I let Betty, Betsy do all of the, uh, editing and all of that, because the reality is I know people think that 
like, you know, because I have a book that's been published, but it's like, that's not really my wheelhouse. I had somebody that edited all my stuff for me. I just wrote and then someone else figured it all out. And so it was more, I just saw my pieces trying to get, encourage people. I remember I did a podcast about like, I remember watching Ratatouille. Have you ever seen that movie? Oh, a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> we, I, we watched it with our girls one day and it was like this idea that like, they kept saying like anyone can cook like this rat ends up cooking all this crazy good food. Um, which logically seems really crazy to me because I'm like terrified of mice and rats. So like the idea of that is really gross, but the, the sentiment behind it was like anybody can cook. And I remember just being like, that's very transferable to like anybody can write now, whether or not it becomes something other than or more than just something in your journal or something you're writing. Everybody can write. So it was kind of that idea of like, write something and then see where it goes, like see where it takes you. That's where my book Inception came from too. Like I was not a professional writer by any means and was like, I'm just going to write and no matter what happens to it, I wrote it, you know? Yeah. People write for all kinds of reasons. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, read a tweet. I remember that movie. There was one scene that kind of freaked me out. There's like a swarm of rats. Oh my god! And I remember I was like, "Oh wow, that's that's really intense." <laughs> so many rats. Oh my gosh, I remember that too. Oh, I know. And you know, the fact that I really like that movie, and even though it has rodents in it like that, is, I guess, a testament to how good that movie is. A feel-good story. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you think I wouldn't like it, but. So what do you think, what do you think made the idea go from an idea to actual reality? Hmm. Well, I think maybe that there was, there was enough interest yeah. for us to really get that content because if we had put out the calls and people had hesitated or we just hadn't gotten enough people that wanted to share their stories, then we would have not pushed it. I mean, I wouldn't try to publish a book that was, so short it was just a couple of pieces yeah um, but at the same time I think we would also want to make sure there's there was reader interest and we were getting that feeling too that even people that didn't necessarily want to write something like the idea of reading something yeah so um, and also the thinking um, press people agree because it's not I have a small publishing company mm -hmm. called thinking Inc., but it's not just my company there were four of us that weigh in on any kind of project and everybody was unanimous that they liked this one. So yeah. that meant we got the green light and we could go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. That it was exciting. And I think all of those pieces kind of fit together. They came together really nicely, you know, um, that there was interest. So there was like a want and then there was people who were willing to put in submissions and, those submissions seem to really kind of fit together nicely in a way that seemed intrinsic to, which was nice. So what do you think the goal, like what is your goal for the anthology? What do you? Oh gosh, my goal is for it to go out in the world and for people to read it and really like it and um, share it with their friends and kind of come away from it feeling maybe a little more relaxed or seen about mm -hmm. their situation. I imagine most readers are either um, in a family with somebody who has club foot or they know somebody who who does and they're trying to kind of wrap their head around it mm -hmm. because anybody could read it but generally people who are drawn to a project like this 
already have some kind of connection. Of course, you're also going to get people who are pregnant and are thinking, oh, yeah. I'm not sure what's coming and I want to read everything I can find because there's mm-hmm. those kind of people as well. Yeah. Like that me. Would be, that would have been you, right? That would have been me. That was for sure. That was me. First thing I did was buy your book. I'm waiting. <laughs> well, they also said, don't go on the internet. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? So then I... <laughs> So then I was like, okay, and I think I got your book and I read it in like one sitting. So if there would have been another book, anything else. And I do think, you know, similarly, that's like I said before, for me, my goal was with this is just to diversify the conversation um, of the Clubfoot experience to a more well-rounded um, I think it can get really easy to generalize everybody's experience in the clubfoot community because there's kind of like this standard method of treatment and this is the protocol that you're supposed to follow and this is how it is supposed to go and it's important to individuate sometimes that because if we get too general, um, I think it loses the aspect of people feeling seen. They don't feel they don't know where they fit within the larger community. So the more that we have these kind of individual submissions and individual stories, it, I'm like, it's going to connect with somebody. There's you, there's going to be pieces of it that someone's going to say, oh, yeah, I've had a similar experience, right? The good and the bad. You know, there are some out there that I think people are afraid to, to say. Like, I've had people even on the podcast be like, I don't want to write about this because I don't want to scare. I don't want to talk about this because I don't want to scare other parents. Um, but it's their experience and it's important for them to have a voice in this community as well, without the fear of feeling like they're going to, um, scare other people, right? It's like, they have to find a place to fit into. Yeah. And I think the other thing is that the focus on this is not about what is the optimal treatment path. Right. Yeah. It's not a clinical kind of book. It's mm-hmm. more the personal experience and the emotional journey that you go on. Mm-hmm. And even if you're in a different um, path with the way that your experience goes, I think many people will find those same kind of emotions happen, right. especially when you first find out there's an issue with your child or if things don't go according to plan and and you're thinking that it's going to go a certain way. But for whatever reason, your personal um, situation is different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did try to put a little bit in there about, you know, don't necessarily read this and think everything that happened in that book is going to happen mm-hmm. to your child if you have a child, because we all hope for that perfect smooth path. But mm-hmm. when that happens, people don't tend to remember it as much and they're less likely to write a story. So we have some of the stories mm-hmm. that are more um, the things that maybe didn't go the way that you would have liked um, or hoped for. But you mm-hmm. know, people are, are really... Um, willing to share it. So I, I appreciate so much all of the authors in this book. Mm-hmm. Agreed so much. I'm so grateful for all of their, uh, all of their stories. It just feels, we just have such a wide variety of them. And that's what I love about it from kids to parents, to older adults, to, um, I think that just makes it even more special. And I'm interested to know whether you think so that you said you had said you brought it up with cares and the anthology. Did you think that 
Was there any part of when you were writing the parent's guide to Clubfoot that you were like, wow, there's a lot of different stories out here so I could see an anthology come to fruition? Because obviously the anthology came out of somewhere when you presented it. So where do you think that came from? Hmm. Well, I don't think it came from the parent's guide to Clubfoot because when Mm -hmm. I wrote that one, I was learning about Clubfoot. I mean, it took two years to write Mm -hmm. because I was coming from a background of hip dysplasia and I Mm kind of wanted to write another book because I like helping the moms. Mostly it's moms that read these books, but anyone can read them, of course. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) And and so I basically listened a lot um, and kind of lurked. And I mean, I joined Clubfoot groups, but I told them, you know, I said, this is what I want to do. I want to write a book. I want to learn what Mm. parents are going through and where they are feeling they want support and what the... um, ideal treatment path looks like and all of that and uh, so I would only join obviously with that I don't have clip that I don't have a child with clip that so there were people that were kind of like well how can you write a book about it and I said because I'm listening and talking to parents and mm. doctors and yeah you know it had medical reviews before it was um, published and all that so I wasn't thinking anthology at all mm. um, I was thinking what do parents need and what mm. is going to encourage them and help them Get tips from each other um so I think as far as what else gets done it's more kind of like what else might be a different kind of need than that kind mm-hmm. of book I mean that's like uh, to me if it were me mm-hmm. I would want that kind of book first it's like mm-hmm. help me understand what yeah. it is and, and yes. what is going on yeah. and what I should be doing but then you know there's the picture books that people have mm-hmm. and, but, you know because once you've got that baby and that baby turns into a toddler and a child you've got treatment that goes on right so mm-hmm. then there's a whole there's a number of picture books about bracing now but mm-hmm. back then there was almost nothing but I mean the whole indie publishing sector has grown a lot so it's, I think it's more possible now to yeah. to make these kind of assorted books where people can pick and choose what resources are most useful to them mm-hmm. uh, and I think I had maybe like three or four ideas it wasn't just the um the anthology. The anthology was the most popular. Like I thought, mm. maybe it would be good to have a um, Dr. Ponsetti biography for like ten-year-olds to read. You know, like the mm. you know those Who Was books, like yeah. Who Was Benjamin Franklin. Wouldn't it yeah. be cool if there was one? That about? would be cool. Yeah. I would be the person to write it, but you know, just kind of like. But by then, the kids are not so focused on it mostly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, it's kind of. I mean, and I now I don't remember what the other ones were that I thought about but I did have several Mm. (laughs) Um, and uh, the anthology one like I said was the one that seemed to resonate most with people so I like to lean into what people are are looking for not necessarily say I want to do a whether you like it or not and then hope that somebody likes a Um, I'd rather have conversations and then see what people are gravitating towards before putting in the effort um, to create a book Mm -hmm. so smart yeah thank you Yeah. I'm like, I just don't, it's so different from my experience when I was writing my own book on on my own with zero experience, just going like, I hope this is something that, I mean, I was just writing from the fact that I was like, this is what I would have needed. I didn't really, I mean, I kind of talked to other people and like, what do you think? Do you think this would be good or not? And people were really encouraging, but whether or not it was going to be useful or not, I never really knew. It's a little different, though, when it's a personal experience piece yeah. like that. I mean, no one else could write that without mm-hmm. being a clubfoot mom. Mm-hmm. So uh, I yeah. think you don't have to worry about yeah. who's relevant. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, I guess it was relevant to me, so that it felt like it would be relevant to at least one other person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's a, it's a lovely book. You did a great job with it. Yeah, I think that it's just, it, and it was different enough from the Parent's Guide to Clubfoot. It was like, that was so vital for me in my um in just my understanding of what Clubfoot was and understanding of what, what the treatment process was going to be and what the Ponsetti method was, that this felt different because it felt like it was more just based in my experience. But, and I think that's just, just such an important part of there's just so much space for so many resources. And that's what I felt like was so lacking a lot of the time in the Clubfoot community was I was like, man, this is like, one of the most common birth defects. And there aren't these, you know, big organizations out there helping uh, parents, like making content for parents. And so much of the work is on parents at home that it just felt like, how can we make things that are useful to them? And I think that this anthology is definitely going to be a piece in that puzzle of the different resources that are available to parents as they are moving through their child's treatment journey, or even people who have clubfoot, right? There are pieces in there. Right. Who have, pieces. Yeah, who have from kids and adults with clubfoot. Exactly. So it'll be really, um, I think it's just been really special to work on. So I'm so grateful for our partnership and for you and I being able to make this kind of dream kind of come into a reality it's been amazing yeah I really loved working on it yeah so when let's just get down to it when is it going to be available and how can people get a copy of it okay Clubfoot Connections is going to be available right before World Clubfoot Day mm. World Clubfoot Day is June 3rd right. and we're releasing the book on June 2nd and we are going to try to get it up for pre-orders ahead of time so that if people want to place an order um, online, then they can mm. order the book and then it will ship out when they're available. We'll have eBooks and also um, a print edition, which will be paperback. Okay. And be for sale pretty much any online bookstore. And also if you went into uh, a brick and mortar book bookstore, like maybe a Barnes and Noble, you would be able to order it. Mm -hmm. But I expect most people would just buy it online. Yeah. All right. Well, that's awesome. And we're going to be doing some uh, cool giveaways, too, that are surrounding around World Clubfoot Day. So you'll have to watch our um, social media for those kind of giveaways that you'll look for the contest. So um, my social media is at Clubfoot Chronicles Mom. And the social media that will be running it through is the Thinking Ink Press Instagram one. That's right. We're going to run okay. it on Instagram. Okay. Um, thinking Ink Press. Okay. And you can also, if, you, if you're already following Maureen, you can just watch what she does and she'll direct you there. So That's true. Don't yeah. worry too much if you forget the name of the publishing company. That That is true. Yeah, I'll make sure to tag. We'll, nothing will be non-tagged. So yes, we will. So look out for those too, because we're going to do some really cool book giveaways that are really geared towards the Clubfoot and the World Clubfoot Day. So I'm I'm excited for it. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast, Bestie. I'm so excited for it to be available. And I hope that this um, gave you a little bit more insight onto why we wanted to create it and piques your interest about what it's going to be. Well, it's been a lovely visit, visiting with you as always. Yes, thank you so much. And if you 
know of anybody who you think would be interested in the book or want more information, please share this episode with them. If you need to get in contact with me, you can do so through my website at maureenhoff.com or like I said, on my Instagram account at Clubfoot Chronicles Mom. Until next time.